What's up, everybody? My name is Christopher. This is Leighton, and this is the Ustazen Show. And today we're talking about, I don't know if it's a sad or emotional, but it's an important topic, and that is dealing with the loss of a pet or a dog more specifically in our cases. Uh, but before we get right into that subject, we're going to talk a, a little bit of a word from our sponsors. So our main sponsor, of course, Partners Dog Training School. Uh, we're heading into that summer period now where training takes on a slightly different meaning. Um, obviously, we want to watch our pets around the heat. Uh, make sure if you can't put your hand down the pavement, you know, the basic test, that means too hot for your dog to be outside. We change all our protocols here at the school. Uh, we have a lot more water sports, and we do a lot more, obviously, in air conditioning. Um, but, you know, make sure you look after your pets, especially considering that tonight we're going to be talking about the loss of a pet, and uh, we want to... Uh, we want to make sure that, that you know, everyone understands how to cope with that and how to deal with that and, and so on. Yep, and then um, will you get the watch party up on there? So the other thing is if you, uh, if you aren't in Arizona and aren't able to access basically our expertise and come to us here at the school personally, then uh, another option for you is Hey Ludwig on Facebook Messenger, and that's basically where you tell her about your dog and he uses those behavioral traits to create personalized curriculums for you and your dog. Um, we're also doing a ton of, obviously, online content on the podcast. For the podcast specifically, The Ostazen Show, you can listen to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Anchor, anywhere where you would normally get your podcasts. Uh, you can also find us on the website at heyludwig.com slash The Ostazen Show. We have a bunch of links here um, in the description as well. Uh, and now we'll get to kind of our topic for today, which is dealing with the loss of of a pet and now you've definitely you know, gone through this a lot yeah more than I and have. so you know last week we kind of came up with this idea because last week uh, just as we we're about ready to go on air uh, we got the sad news that my dad's dog had passed away and and what was sad about it is that he was a dog that had been around the school for the last 10 12 years he was a rescue yep. um, he brutus. was known to everybody brutus was his name german shepherd and everybody that came through to our office area by offices or at the back of the property. And Brutus would obviously, obviously be laying outside. Um, so now he's missed. And, and now that's kind of left a hole. And my dad was really upset about it. And that kind of gave us idea to, to talk about this and so on. Now, um, you know, over the years, obviously, as you all know, we've been doing this for a long time. I've been in this game probably 30 years. Probably the number one sad, but yet... I want to say happy, but happy in a different way. thing that we have to deal with is the loss of a pet. Every 8 to 10, 12 years, that's generally a cycle of a dog's life um, and, and a cat's life and other animals as well. I know people that feel the same way about horses. Um, but every 8 to 10 years, we kind of go through this. And, and the way I've, I've learned over time to look at this is that, you know, I look at the happy times that we have together. Um, very many people will, will reach out to us, will email me, will text me, tell me about the loss of their dog. It's often former clients that I've trained. And, uh, you know, I remember most of the dogs we trained, but it's kind of hard when you reach that. I think we're at about 30,000, 35,000 dogs. We don't remember them all. Yeah, we're about 40 now, yeah. 40,000. Wow, that's crazy when you think about it. Um, to put that in perspective, by the way, 40,000 is more than most people will ever see in a lifetime, never mind the well, amount of dogs that they train. It yeah. doesn't even come close. It's, uh, but, but, you know, the, the way I've always spoken to people, and I, and I often get this question, so what do I do with my dog? You know, my dog is old. My dog is, you know, it's got some kind of a medical condition. 
And generally the way I approach this is, and, and my suggestion to everybody is, um, you know, look at it from the point of view of quality of life. If your dog is, has a fairly decent quality of life, it's worth investing the time, investing the money, you know, doing those treatments, uh, talking to your vet about it can get really expensive. I mean, cancer treatments are crazy expensive um, but it's about that quality of life and if I feel that the dog's quality of life is going to suffer or if there's really no solution to that then I generally nudge people towards like you know it might be time to 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 uh, to say goodbye but the most important part of all of this stuff is everybody is different what you decide you want to do is different from the next guy um, we have a very good friend Brittany that rescues animals or dogs and she specializes in dogs that have got serious medical issues cleft palates um, unbelievably complicated things. And I sometimes look at them and look at her and say, why would you do that? But it's and, up to them. You and know? even behavioral issues. Like if, a, if yep. a dog has such severe behavioral issues, and obviously we're a behavioral training school, so that's usually what people come to with is basically we're the last chance for both the dog and for the family to be able to save this dog or either having to uh, do training or basically they're going to put them down, which is a lot of pressure. But um you know, there's not every single dog out there is trainable in terms of their behavior and so forth. And if their quality of life is affected because of that, right. like if they have to be either kept in, uh, you know, kenneled or if they have to be kept in a crate all day long because they just can't be outside or they can't be interacting with humans, then to, even though it sounds terrible, that dog is not living a, a joyful and, and yeah. happy life. And, and, and a lot of these aggression issues are, are just the dog being miserable. You know, they're just exactly. not happy and this is their way of lashing out or their way of dealing with or yep. coping with the stress and so on. So going back to our, our you know, the, the, the sort of the subject for tonight – there's lots of help out there, and you've got some great uh, sources. Do you, can you pull that up and, and yeah, go through so, that? So there's a couple um, – there's actually a few books, and let's see if I can bring them up here. Yeah, and while, um, while you're pulling that up, you got it? Yeah, it'll take me about 10 seconds here. Um, you know, one of the things, as I said earlier on, and I'm going to keep coming back to this, everybody's different, and it's perfectly okay for you to feel heartbroken. My dad – uh, last Wednesday, it was Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday, uh, when his dog passed away, we buried his dog on Thursday morning, and, and he was absolutely devastated. He was crying. He was a no, you know, just an emotional wreck, and he's a very emotional guy, and, and I'm probably not as emotional as that, but everybody is different. You know, when I've had dogs die, it's very sad. I remember the first time that Christopher had to deal with the loss of, of one of our dogs. It was Izzy, and, um, you know, we did the thing. We took him out. We actually went to the lake for the day, spent the day with him. He couldn't walk anymore. I had to carry him everywhere, you know, 18 or 90 pound German Shepherd um, but it was time but we wanted to spend that last day and sometimes that's good uh, we have a tradition here at the school that if we have a dog that is at that point in life um, that the staff will go out and get them a McDonald's burger and that's the dog's kind of like a last meal you know some people find that look silly and other people think it's really cute and it's really just dependent on what you feel yeah. and, and that's the part to remember you got those books yeah so so there's a few books here that I found um, on Amazon that are supposed to be really good in terms of processing that grief. Um, so you can see here, I've read, I've heard some really good things about this book called Goodbye Friend yep. um, by Gary Kowalski. 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 Um, and so there's a lot of things here. You know, I think a lot of this stuff is really just processing and it helps you kind of deal with that grief. It helps you, you know, remember the good times because really that's what it's all about is, um, Unfortunately, God kind of cursed us with this, you know, amazing animal that loves us basically for our entire lives and never asks for anything in return, is fine doing whatever we want for very minimal praise. And then, you know, 
gives them such a, a short lifespan in, in the grand scheme of things. Whereas there's a ton of humans that I definitely would rather trade for a dog uh, many days of the week. And so um, a lot of the stuff is really just trying to remember the good times and all of that is, is really processing and therapy. And then there's a, um, there's a book called the rainbow bridge yep. which we actually used to gift to uh to clients that yep. would deal with the, and we the should really lawsuit. go back to doing that again yeah. because obviously we feel you know we when well, i think work... i'd like this uh, this show specifically you know to be able like we can send this to people that might be going through the loss because yep. um you know it's definitely hard and, and having that support system around you is really really critical um but what were you going to say sorry you know what i was going to say is that um you know, this Rainbow Bridge thing. If you don't yep. know, the Rainbow Bridge is kind of where a lot of people believe that their dogs go and then they, they kind of cross over the Rainbow Bridge. There is actually a place called Rainbow Bridge. It's up in Utah, if I remember correctly. Isn't it like a dog sanctuary? Yeah, it's like it's a, a dog, dog, sanctuary dog place up there. And a lot of people take their dog's ashes and they'll ride up there or go up there and they'll go sprinkle the ashes and so forth. Um, so, you know, reading a book is sometimes good for people. There's, there's a ton of information online. And reaching out to those people that really care and that understand. There's nothing really that you can say you know when clients reach out to me and talk about it there's nothing i can tell them that they don't already know but it's just being able to have this conversation with somebody and so forth we've got some tips that uh well, that we came up with yeah uh, real quick i actually pulled a poem from the rainbow bridge here um and i think that it'd be good if you read it oh great you, I know. you read that <laughs> well, thanks you pull it up you read hey it. you've got such a good voice uh, you always yeah, talk right. about your accent being the best thing so um so yeah we'll, we'll pull this up and then you can read it here Oh, gosh. I know. We'll try not to cry. Yep. The Rainbow Bridge. There's a bridge connecting heaven and earth. It's called the Rainbow Bridge because of the many colors. Just this side of the Rainbow Bridge, there's a land of hills, meadows, and valleys with lush green grass. When a beloved pet dies, he goes to this place where there's food and water and warm spring weather. The old and the frail animals are young again. Those who are maimed are made whole again. They play all day with each other. There is only one thing missing. They're not with that special person who loved them here on earth. So each day they run and play until the day comes when suddenly stops playing and looks up. The nose twitches, the ears are up, the eyes are staring, and this one suddenly runs from the group. You have seen, and when you and a special friend meet, you take them in your arms and you embrace. Your face is kissed again and again, and you look once more into the eyes of your trusting pet. Then you cross the rainbow bridge together, never again to be separated. Yeah, that's kind of tough reading that. I, I've actually seen that before, and that's probably the first time I've had to read it out loud. But, you know, again, and, and I keep coming back to this thing, um, you know, one of the things that's really hard is it kind of leaves a hole in you. You know, for to, to gay, uh, Sarah came to my office and said, hey, you know, there's a, there's a dog waterer here in the office that was Brutus's waterer. And she said, you know, Brutus is no longer here, so we don't have, uh, you know, we don't have a need for this. She says, can I take that home? And you know, for me, it was kind of like a finality. You know, it's like, okay, I guess you can because, you know, I don't think my parents will get another dog. they basically down to one cat at this point. But, um, you know, it's, it is that loss and it's that hole. And when you get home, you don't have that, that bark to meet you and, and uh, greet you at home. And I'm going to talk myself into tears here tonight. I can feel it. So there's a couple of tips we have for you on, uh, on you know, how to deal with this. First one is acknowledge the reality uh, of the death. You know, it's, it, it sometimes takes a while. It takes sometimes pe for some people weeks and months. I remember when my mom passed away, this was, gosh, 20, oh, it was actually 20 years ago because you were about six or months or a year old, your mom reminded me the yeah. other day. And, um, 
you know, I was dealing with a lot of different things at the time. And, and I realized afterwards I hadn't actually grieved. And it actually took a few years. That one night I was lying in bed and I was thinking about her and, and I started crying. And it's like, you know, that, what took so long? Well, that same thing happens with animals. And it's perfectly okay to feel that way. Um, you know, now that we have Facebook, you can go back and look at memories and you can process it in different ways. You know, some people like to look at pictures. Um, the one person I worry about is Sarah when, uh, when Maddie dies because yeah. some dogs just have that special place. For me, and also I think for Christopher, Izzy was that dog. Izzy was the shepherd that kind of helped us start the school. And he was my, uh, my drug dog. And I also yep. cross-trained him in a bunch of other things. He was just an incredible dog. I, uh, I got him um, um, from a, a professional school, Tom Rose School. And he just turned out to be an amazing dog. No matter what I taught him, he competed. He won just about every competition he went into, except one obedience competition, which he didn't feel like taking part in. Uh, so we walked into the ring. He was a dog that had a phenomenal obedient pattern. He, was, he literally would score full marks and everything. He just walked into the ring with me that day, took a look at me, and just sat down in the ring. He's like, I'm not doing this today. And I'm like, are you kidding me now? Anyway, it's one of, one of those little memories. And, and we have these memories of, yeah. of how, you know, Christopher used to sleepwalk when he was a kid. And we would wake up at night and find Christopher lying on the floor in the lounge or he'd be lying at the doorway because he knew if he came into my room, then probably I'd yell at him and tell him to go back to bed. So he would lie at the doorway. And my German shepherd, Izzy, would always walk with him and lay down next to him wherever he was in the house. So whenever I wanted to, if, if Christopher wasn't in his room, I could find him really easy just by calling my dog. And then the dog would come from wherever. And so that's a memory that I always will have. Uh, just before I locked Christopher in his room after that. that. That worked much better than a dog. But. Well, and, and just on that topic, so in terms of dealing with the loss, not only for yourself, but also for maybe family members or especially children, that can be really difficult. And I think the important thing is, no matter what age your child is, to really just be honest and, and truthful, because mm -hmm. we were having a conversation the other day about uh, my sister, his daughter, Alessandra, and when her first dog died, um, Gigi, Gigi, which was a, a little uh, Pekingese, little white fluffy thing that uh, <laughs> probably have, the dumbest didn't thing have in two the two brain cells in its head, but couldn't couldn't rub him. two brain uh, brain cells together. But honestly, the the best dog was just super. You know, literally, Alessandra is I don't even know, probably two years, three years old. Yeah, it must have been something. Yeah, like two a... two three years old. Incredibly rough on her, like just it would poke and prod her all day long and Gigi didn't care she would just sit there and take it and obviously we live in the desert and part of that includes you know being in a uh, coyote filled environment and one day Gigi got out and didn't come home at night and then um, the next day we went looking and unfortunately had found her um, and she had been taken and, and so forth by coyotes but during that point of time <laughs> you want to tell the story from your perspective in terms of that that morning yeah, you know, I hate talking about these things because I always feel so bad for the dogs. But we live in the desert, and we live in a place where it's possible that, that you know, we get coyotes in our doors. We get bobcats that come onto the grass, literally walk around our swimming pool, come drink out of our pool. Yep. And uh, we, we go out of our way to make sure that the pets, that our pets are kept inside. You know, we don't let the cat outside, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we try really hard. And, um, you know, for the most part, we're successful. But every now and again, you know, something slips up. And, and that particular day, Gigi had, had got out the door. And when all the big dogs ran inside, she didn't. And a few minutes later, that was it. So, um, you know, just really bad timing. I mean, it just happens. And, and you know, how kids deal with that, that's something well, we should probably well, that's talk about. that's what I was about. saying is how, yeah. how did you so, explain to Alessandra? So we told Alessandra at the time that Gigi had uh, gone got missing. And, um, you know, 
I always feel like sometimes with kids, you've got to be very careful because, especially if you study child psychology, because kids process things differently. I have a, a very close friend, uh, Dr. Betsy Gilpin, um, who's been a, a client of mine for, for in the beginning and then later on uh, a friend, and she's actually counseled Christopher when he was a little kid, uh, when his mom and I went through divorce, and he spent some time with her, and Alessandra's been to her, and she is awesome. And, and one of the things that I've learned from her over the years is that Kids don't see things the way we see things. So we sit there and we think, yeah. okay, it's this and this and this. And a child looks at it and thinks completely abstract. And yeah, and if you, if you talk to little kids and if you can get them to actually communicate with you without shutting them down, because most times adults screw the kids up. We, we try and get them to act like an adult, but they want to be a child still, you know. That's why it's important that they have play and that they have socialization. They go out and do things, etc. You know, if a child doesn't say thank you, it doesn't mean to say they don't respect it or appreciate it. They just don't process it exactly the same way. Well, so with Alessandra, we were nervous of showing her or telling her that her dog had been killed by coyotes. But then a family member slipped up a few weeks later and said, oh, I'm really sorry about your dog. You know, that coyote was really mean. And Alessandra's like, what? Coyote was mean? What coyote? Well, the story was out. And ever since then, Alessandra hates coyotes, which is really not fair to the coyote because coyote is just having dinner. You know, it's, it's, it's harsh and it's reality, but it's not the coyote's fault. And, and I doubt that I'll ever get her to accept coyotes. So, you know, we've got to be careful about those things. Well, and it's, it's also just about, like, yes, it's not fun to be honest and truthful in terms of you know having to tell your your child that a pet might be or that a pet is dead um but sometimes you know lying about that and not being truthful the the problem is that truth comes out eventually now it could be a decade and they probably won't care at that point or it could be next week and now all of a sudden their trust in you is you know diminished and so i think I think kids have the ability to to process that information probably better than we give them credit for. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to really depend on, on your child, and obviously you're going to know them best. But I, I usually try to lean towards honesty as being the, the best policy, and that, at the worst case, sets them up for an example of, like, being honest. At, at well, partial honesty costs. is probably a good good way to put yeah. it. So you don't have to tell them the whole truth. You don't have to say the coyote tore the dog apart. But you know yeah. it's uh you it, go showing pictures i actually i actually took a photograph for that day and and uh, she's asked me a few times since then can she see the photograph yeah. and i've so far said no and then on that subject as well you know that's that's another thing with with my dad's dog the other day alessandra also said uh, could she see the body and i was like no i don't think that's really appropriate yeah. um, i want to remember the good side remember him when he was loving and beautiful and not when he's kind of like been dead for a few hours and, and honestly um, that kind of goes into like the loss of family members too yeah like, I've same had, thing you know my I, I don't think when when my grand when uh, pat got cancer i don't think i ever saw him in the hospital well um, but i definitely saw so my grandfather when he died of cancer probably eight years ago now seven year, eight years ago um I, 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 you guys specifically kind of kept me away from like him during those like kind of final week or two because you don't want to ruin that image of um, you know someone that you would have seen as strength and and like optimism your entire life and now all of a sudden they're you know obviously in a in a not the best state and so I think like those types of images is, is kind of important um, so yeah. You know, and, and one of the things as well is that, uh, you know, when we talk about these things that often comes to mind is the spirituality side of it. You know, if you're a, if you're a Christian or if you believe or whatever you believe in, you know, it's sometimes hard, you know, especially if you have a dog that's, that passes away prior to 
you know, living out its life. Um, you know, I find it very difficult to have to make the decision of when to put a dog down. You know, we come across it occasionally in training when we have extremely aggressive dogs, dogs that have bitten people, dogs that are trying to bite us or kill us. Um, and even then, it's, it's hard. And I kind of approach it from the point of view that, you know, that's my job. That's my responsibility. I took on this thing. And, uh, you know, my, I need to show strength and show leadership with both my clients as well as my staff. But I still feel, trust me, and, and you know, that's just how you process. I come back to that again, how you process things. If you use spirituality or you use your, your faith, that's perfectly fine as well. The trick to remember, though, is that there are often no answers. You know, I don't know why cancer exists. I, I can't think of a positive reason for that. You know, when, when we've gone through hardship in our, at our school or my personal life or in our lives, uh, you know, when I've lost dogs, I, I don't know what the reasoning is behind that. And I try not to look for those reasons because you get bogged down in just total jargon. You just, there's just nothing there, you yeah. know. And so the best thing to remember always, in, and I always come back to this, is, is, you know, you do the best you can. You know, you want to go to sleep at night knowing you've worked your hardest or you tried your hardest. If you have a dog that's going through some medical issues, you do the best you can to fix that or to take care of it. And then at some stage, you've just got to make that decision. And if you have to, then you have to deal with the, the passing on. And at that stage, you just got to remember how much you gave that dog, you know. Um, you know, I use well, Sarah's little dog. Complete um, optimism. Yeah. Sarah's little dog, Mika. Mika is just a, a nervous wreck. That dog will never, ever be a confident, outgoing dog. It just, it, it, you know, if you just look at it, it's scared. But that dog has a wonderful life with Sarah because she kind of coaxes it along. She carries it around everywhere in a sling, literally. I'm not kidding. Um, you know, so that dog has a quality of life that it probably would never have had had it been adopted by, you know, many other people or maybe never been adopted at all, you know. So so look at it that way. And when that dog does pass on, you look at the benefits and the positives and the and the love and the gain that you got from them. Um, I, I also find um, having some type of like memorable um, or memorial memory. or whatever. Yeah, yep. something to pay homage to. And honestly, that's, that's again, a good point. one of the reasons why, again, we named Hey Ludwig after my dog Ludwig, who passed away last year, um, was so that it could give me – that kind of sense of, of homage and, and to know that, you know, he helped us a lot with building the school and now he's going to help us with the next stage of, of the school and, and of our, um, you know, mission and, and quest to, to help dogs. And I think like there's that. And then I knew, so I was in, in San Francisco when Ludwig died and, or actually when he was getting towards the end of his life. And then probably the, literally the day before you called me and, and said that you guys were going to put him down the next day. And so I, fl I flew over that same day. I like called the airline and I was like, I got a, a flight because of it. And so flew over the next day in order to basically see him, um, you know, in his last moments. But before I left for San Francisco, because I knew, you know, that was probably two months prior, I knew he was getting to, to the end of it and, and he was, you know, hurting and he had a, a lot of pain and so forth that he was in. And so I actually took a, a picture of him before um, we or before I left for San Francisco. And now that's hanging up in my room as again, it's another memorable, another homage. And every time I walk past it, I can remember yep. happy times and the times that he was kind of there protecting me every night. And now he still kind of is in, in his own way. And uh, that's actually one of the pictures that we used as the logo for Hey Ludwig. And, you know, something else to remember, there's lots of other things that people do. Um, paw prints, uh, you can you get yep. a little cast where you can literally hair. have your dogs. Uh, uh, what's that? Oh, I was saying hair, like pulling up 
Like oh, then, yeah, it's using some of the little hair. Yep. Um, I really like the paw prints. I think that's yeah. a really great idea. Um, it kind of gives you something to remember them by, and you can, you can either frame it or you can keep it on a mantle or something. And then the other thing is, is uh, you know, cremating your dog and using, you know, either keeping the ashes or, or spreading them something somewhere. Um, there's a really great place here in town. Um, and, uh, Jen, do me a favor. Jen uh, is online. What's the name of that place uh, where we... Is it, that we generally like recommend forever. to people. No. Anyway, we'll we'll think about it. We'll put it on our Facebook page afterwards. I just can't remember their name right now. But they've we've we've dealt with them quite a few times. We've sent clients there. We've gone there with some of our dogs, um, and that really works well. The other thing I wanted to mention as well: if you have a dog that is that is at that time that you feel that you have to make that decision, and like I was saying earlier on, it's a tough, tough decision. I I've been doing this for a very long time, and I've been around more dogs, you know, in that situation than than I care to remember. But also talk to your vet. And find out if your vet will come out and do a euthanasia at your home or in the garden or at a park or someplace that you feel comfortable doing that. Um, some vets will do that. You've just got to look around for them. If you want, contact us at the school. Call the office and we'll help you out with that PALS. That's what the place is called. It's called PALS. P-A-L-S. Um, and uh, they do that. Uh, they'll come pick up the, um, uh, you know, the remains of your dog and then... Um, and then they will take care of uh, the, the cremation, and then they'll send you a little urn afterwards with the ashes of your pillow, of your pet, and uh, and that's kind of a neat thing. We we generally do that with dogs, yeah. and Memorials, and so forth. I think are really really powerful. Yep. yep. Um, and then honestly, just the best thing I think you can do is just love on your dog as much as you can, because all of our time is limited yeah. here on time Earth, is and and you never we all know. have. You never know, and yep. both for your family members that are human as well as the, the furry ones, just love on them as much as you can. Spend as much time as, as you can with them and make sure that um, that they know that, obviously, they're important parts in, in your lives because, yeah, we, we all you have a limited time. Seriously, going to get me crying here tonight. I know. It's I know. a it's tough, like you it's a tough subject. Way. It's been a long day. Um, anyway, I think that's basically it. Uh, you know, oh, we just felt... Uh, one, one quick thing. I know that there's a lot of people that their first instinct is like, okay, well now I got to go get another dog. Um, I'm a little bit hesitant in like saying that because I think that if you don't, again, give yourself time to process, yeah. then what inevitably what happens is that that space really isn't filled truly. And sometimes I've seen like a little bit more neglect coming to that next dog who, again, all that they want to do is love you with, with all of their hearts. And because it's, you haven't gone through that grief stage yet, you can't really give that love back in, in, in terms of what they deserve. So I think it's important to take that time, you know, it, and give yourself time to, to process and get through those things before you go out and get another dog right away um, so that you can give the, the next dog that you get or maybe next pet or next animal or whatever it may be, um, you know, all the, the care and so forth that they deserve. You know, and something just uh, on that subject, I know we were going to wrap up here, but I wanted to mention uh, Brian Golmer had a great uh, point that he made here uh, that he commented on. He said, the worst is the other dogs searching around wondering, wondering where their friend went. You know, remember that other animals grieve as well, you know, especially if they spend a lot of time together. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Have you ever, like, actually brought another, like, a sibling to the dog's, like, burial? You know, I need to think about that. You know, we've had other dogs there, um, but animals don't process it quite the same way. It actually, when you, especially if it's a euthanasia or something like that, um, I don't think we uh, we encourage 
trying to think if I've ever done it. I know we had one where there were two dogs present, but um, for the most part, you know, we prefer to just do it one at a time. Um, I, I, for instance, don't like to do a euthanasia at a veterinary yeah, office. Yeah, but even it's very if it's clinical, like but after the euthanasia, like if you're like going to bury the dog at that point. So, so that's interesting because we're, we're, uh, last week when we had uh, Brutus, and he had obviously died and um, we kept him overnight because we weren't sure, you know, we were going to bury him in the next morning with my parents and so forth. Um, and my other dogs came around him and showed no interest in him whatsoever. Um, and the interesting part about that is my one dog, Crush, uh, my Dutch Shepherd, did not like Brutus at all. They did not get along. And so it was interesting to see when the two of them passed each other. I mean, when, you know, obviously Brutus was lying there and Crush walked past. Um, showed no emotion at all, didn't even show any interest, didn't sniff, nothing. Um, but what I was talking about earlier on, of course, is the, uh, is the side where, you know, where the one dog feels that loss, you know, where they don't have their companion, they don't have their buddy, etc. So take that into account, you know, spend a little extra time with the, with the dog that has been left behind um, or with a cat or the other animal. Uh, Jen posted her first loss was a goldfish. She cried for two days. That's perfectly fine. You know, goldfish, I mean, animals are animals. And, and uh, I've never really felt an attachment to dogs the same way, but I certainly have towards cats. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm actually a cat person as well, even though I'm allergic to cats. So anyway, I think it was, it was really nice chatting about this tonight. If you yeah. guys got any comments on this or if, uh, if um, oh, Luella just posted a happy endings. That's the other one. That's also yep. a service that will come to your yeah. home. Um, they're, they're very nice. I, I didn't even think about them. Um, great, great ideas, Luella. And yeah, that, uh, that's what I was just talking about. Brian Goldman posted there. Um, I've heard recommendations to let other dogs see the dog that has passed so that they can figure out he's gone rather than just under, than just wondering why, like he isn't there anymore. Um, and that's what I was wondering if that would yeah. actually help that, that process. Interesting. I feel like it, I feel like it would. Um, and I've, I've seen like dogs that have their owners pass away and the dogs definitely feel that loss yeah we didn't talk about that we'll, we'll probably talk about that another evening because i got some crazy stories to tell you about people that have passed away and their dogs were still in the house or dog was still in the house uh kind of uh, you know it's a is that a because dogs are, are legally possession so if you have like a will what ha is it do you put like a guardian over that dog sure or? sure a lot of people don't but there are some people that actually set up trust i actually know somebody who set up a, a huge trust multi multi-million dollar trust for her pets and and uh, somebody has to take care of them um and then i have another client uh, that has actually named me in the will and left a trust for her uh pet pets there were two but i think she's only got one now and it's my responsibility to make sure that they either find a home or that we take the dog in or whatever at the time so that's not uncommon to do that mm -hmm. um and it's actually a good idea you know put that in your will what you want to to happen uh, should you pass away you know what should happen to your pet should it go to a family should it go to a friend uh, there's way too many people that just leave that up to to nothing and it's probably something you wonder, definitely what would address. the government do would they just put it in like a they shelter don't, they don't do anything right I would imagine they call animal control. Animal control comes yeah. and picks up the dog. Mm. But don't leave it to them. Let, right. you know, let a family member handle it. You know, put that in your paperwork. You know, I'm assuming by now everybody has a will. Uh, you absolutely do not want to pass away without a will. That's just insane. It just leaves everybody behind with a mess to deal with. And, and it's hard enough losing you without having to deal with that mess as well. Um, we had a bunch of people join us late in this conversation. Magnus, Chris, Rhonda. <coughs> Barry, Rick Lake, Brandy Billington is there. Brandy Billington is a big Doberman person. If you guys are ever looking for a Doby, she runs the Doby Rescue. 
haven't seen her for a while. Um, but again, thanks for joining us, guys. We really appreciate having you here. If you did miss the broadcast, go back and watch it. I, we, we're a little late getting started, but we have a new system. We finally got up and running tonight, and uh, it, seems it to looks like it's smoother. running a lot smoother. Yeah, so we should. Yeah, be and good. if you are watching this in the future, and you might have just gone through the the loss of a dog, then you know feel free to reach out to us if you need some comfort or need some support system, um, and and just know that it does get easier, and obviously. Um, just try to remember the happy times, stay positive, stay optimistic. and Remember the good times. Yeah, remember the good times. Yep. All right. Thank you very much, guys. And we'll see you next Wednesday. And next Wednesday, I actually want to cover frequently asked questions that we get here at the school for everything from oh, boarding your dog idea. to <laughs> some of the craziest questions that we've actually received. So stay tuned, and we'll see you guys back here next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time for that episode.